Hey, it's Steve and welcome to Share, a podcast that sets out to do just that. From stories and reflections to ideas and concepts, each episode will dive into a wide range of topics and discussions that come from a journey through life. The simple fact I've discovered is when we share, we empower, not just ourselves, but each other. Are you planning your next holiday? Let the team at Mind and Body Travel inspire you. With a focus on wellness and well-being, the team at Mind and Body Travel can assist you whether you're looking to attend a retreat, test yourself on an adventure, tick off that bucket list trip, or just create a travel itinerary that includes all that you want in a holiday while taking into account all that your mind and body needs. Revolutionising the way people look at holidays and travel, they believe that travel should deliver nourishment for your soul, clarity for your mind, and renewed focus upon your return. So you ready to take off? Then it's time to check in with the team at Mind and Body Travel. Just visit www.mindandbodytravel.com. In the intro for this week's episode, to start, I've simply got to say, wow. If you've been looking for a conversation and discussion to listen to, it helps you with tips to unlock your true potential, to improve your wellness and well-being, heal from past trauma, right through to discovering, showing up and strengthening the power of your personal relationships, then this is one you're going to truly love and enjoy. Packed with plenty of practical questions and tips on a range of topics, my guest's immense knowledge and experience when it comes to holistic transformation and well-being will absolutely blow you away. She's the founder of Integrated Wellbeing and also an in-house holistic transformational coach for Koloshi, the leading prestige property agency on Queensland's Gold Coast. Sit back, relax, and listen to the beautiful insights, reflections, and story of my friend and this week's guest, Aneta Shidletska. Aneta, welcome to Share. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure and I'm really excited about chatting through your journey and, and your story and looking through some of the research and some of your biography and everything. You hold a lot of qualifications. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I, I, I try to learn all the time. That's one of my, I would say, addictions, but it's a healthy addiction, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's key. If you can learn different things, you can help more people. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I wanted to start just by asking where you've come from, what your journey's been like. Just give me a bit of a snapshot. I, I You know, it's funny because I always like to say that there's so many different chapters to my life and there's so many different Anetas. So you know that from my accent as well, I'm Polish. And so I finished university in Poland. So I have a master's degree of marketing management. And as soon as I finished my university, I decided to travel. I lived for a year in Ireland, and since I was 18 years old, I think I'm, when I was 18, there was something on Polish television about Australia, and I thought, you know what, this is the place I want to go. There are kangaroos, there are sharks, there are crocodiles, and it's, it's a little bit rough, but there was something about me that I wanted to, I wanted to test myself, so I thought, I want to live in Australia, and I want to be around creatures or environment that will test me and will bring out the strong parts of who I am. Now, you know, Annette, you know, most people stay away from Australia for all those creatures, yeah? I, I just listen, I'm a trauma child. I need to challenge myself all the time, yes. And as much as I don't like labels, so at age 18, I had that feeling inside me, it would be amazing to see how I will show up when I'm really tested. So one of the aspects was Hey, if I go from Poland to Australia, I cannot just say, mommy, daddy, I have no money or 
okay, it didn't work out, so I just fly back, yes? No, no, no. I said, I have to go somewhere that, where I really have to show up for myself and build a character. So I came here, I think I was um, 27 or 28. I lived in Melbourne, in Sydney. I studied a few different courses. And then from Sydney, 15 years ago, I moved to Gold Coast. And at age, now you will know how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) At age 30, I've decided that I want to get into health and fitness. Because before that, I wasn't very healthy and I wasn't very fit. Because in Poland, fitness wasn't that big. So we didn't have gyms. Nothing like here. We're so blessed in Australia that there is a fitness studio gym or, you know, any kind of way that you can move your body. It's so freely available for everyone. It wasn't like that in Poland that that time. And we didn't have that mentality as well. So at age 30, I've decided that I want to go into fitness and, and I become a personal trainer. And then I love fitness so much. And I was so driven and determined that I decided to compete in body sculpting and bodybuilding. I was doing so well. You know, I won my first competition in my category and in overall. And then every competition that I was going after that, I was winning or placing. And that was amazing, yes, because that showed the power of my mind and dedication and just like, come on, Polish ethics of working hard and just never giving up and pushing, pushing, pushing. But what happened was as soon as I got qualified to, I won Australia Australian title for body sculpting. And then I got qualified and I could go to Europe to compete in the world competition. My body just gave up on me. And it could have been a combination of many things. It could be a combination of my nervous system not being able to keep up with always being in survival since, and I'm not saying since I was bodybuilding, I'm not saying since I was by myself here in Australia, it's more my whole life I was in survival, even from the time when my mom, when she got pregnant, her energy was, I'm 18 years old, I'm not sure if I'm ready to have a baby. So already in the, in, in the belly, that stress, I'm inherit, I've inherited that stress. And then being premature baby, always being sick, there was always something not 100% right with me. So that nervous system is never in, oh, wow, this is beautiful and safe for me. There was always something happening. And then there's the education, stress, yes, traveling and everything. So it's all of that, plus issues with being sensitive, getting parasites, mold infection, all of those stuff combined got me to fibromyalgia, to chronic fatigue to adrenaline burnout. I couldn't move. So I was looking amazing. I had muscles and I was lean and I was just qualified. And I spent most of my time in my bed because I couldn't move. So I thought that this is a, it's years, it's years ago. Yeah. So we're talking about maybe 10 years ago. And at the beginning, of course, I was frustrated. I was running my own business. I was so fit and my identity was wrapped up around being healthy, being fit, pushing all the competition, all the challenges, fitness challenges, running my own personal training business. And suddenly, all of that got taken away from me. So I had to revisit what's my identity, who am I, what's going on with my body. And before 
in my life, I believe that your mind is everything. So what's going you you have to tell yourself what you want. You have to be harsh on yourself. Achieve your goals. Don't be wuss. Don't be soft. Push. Yeah, my, my inner game was like that. Yeah, it's like constant punishment. You know, I didn't have inner champion in me. I had this inner critic, like, come on, you can do more. You should be more. Don't be weak. You know, I'll be lifting weights. I'm like, don't be such a you know, and I'm like, you're so weak. And all of that, right now, I can tell you it's so unhealthy because your body, your nervous system, everything that who you are is listening to everything that you're saying. And that's toxic. So I've created lots of toxicity in my body. And I had to learn how to understand that I'm not only my body and I'm not only my mind. I'm holistic, this holistic experience that there is my mental self, my emotional self, my energetic self, my spiritual connection, what, what that looks like. And what is my beautiful, loving relationship with my body? And, and do I have a relationship or this is more like a slave and a master? Come on, you have to do it. And understand my nervous system and how my nervous system is showing up in the situations that are challenging mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, so I went through lots of healing, as I mentioned to you before. There was lots of parasites from traveling. There was mold infection because I lived in the house that there was lots of water. And I was young and I was silly. I'm like, ah, that's okay, just the water. But mold is so toxic to us. There was abstin bar virus, as I said to you, the fibromyalgia, which is, I mean, my, like looking fit and my body is aching. So then I started healing myself. And what was helping me was the energy work, the regulation, the nervous system, you know, meditating every day. Like I would meditate every day. I would do tuning into my body. What are the emotions that I'm feeling? Okay, let go, let go. And at the beginning, I thought it's, it's crazy, but it's working. I would be so aching and sore. And then I would do emotion code or uh, some kind of other practice that uses energy psychology and just tuning in and listening to my body. And next morning I wake up and I feel better. I'm like, this is crazy, yes? So that's how my journey starts, changing from only based on the body to this more holistic approach. And, and I have done many things, many different modalities to heal myself from more therapeutic approach to coaching approach to, again, as I said, the spiritual, the natural, the land-based, the nature-based approach, the higher self approach, or connect to that beautiful, deep, soulful part of who I am. If you're not, not as that connected to spirituality, here again, what is spirituality for you? It's different probably than for me. But having that connection allowed me to be where I am right now and, and feeling happy and, and healthy. So your drive for success through sports, through the sculpting, you were kind of masking what was going on underneath? Oh, it, there's two beautiful things that was happening. First of all, I've never achieved anything in life. It sounds bad. It's not like that because I finished university where if you knew where I grew up and how much I was driven to, you know, to become a this human being. Like at age 14, I was reading psychology books because I knew that if I will not educate myself on trauma and how different people are different and abuse, I would become a product of my environment. So at age 14, I was going to, to libraries and renting and hiring books 
about psychology just so I can save myself. But I've never, never achieved anything like fitness, you know? So when I start winning and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm good at something. And then the muscles, like I'm tough, I'm strong. It brought up this, this armor, this, this strong, solid armor. Yep, nothing bothers me. I have no problems. You know, I have this mentality. Why are you thinking about past? Past is the past. Stop whinging. I'm like, it's done. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. Forget it. Come on. It's so unhealthy because I try to be a nice person that is growing, yes? But I will not call you on your bad behavior. I will forgive your bad behavior. I will pretend that that didn't upset me, that you can act in very unhealthy ways around me. And I'm like, I'm so cool. That's okay, you know? But all of that leaves uh, marks on who we are. It subconsciously still is active and living in our body. So this physical armor, when I dissociated myself from feeling everything and embodying everything in my body, I was just always in my head thinking, I know better. I've read more books. I understand why they behave this way. Bless you. I forgive you. I have to be the bigger person, which right now, if you would ask me, I would say, I don't think so. Yeah. So that would have led to some interesting relationships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, very, yeah. And you would have learned a lot through those relationships. Yeah. Yes. I have, gosh, all there was no relationships because I thought that I'm so strong and I don't need it. Yeah. Or if there were relationships, there were relationships that I was choosing unavailable people because I was emotionally unavailable. And it was so beautiful because. I was emotionally unavailable, so I've chosen an emotionally unavailable person, and I can now blame on them. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't want to change. They are not choosing me. They never come in. I don't know why I'm attracted to bad boys or whatever you want to call it. The truth of it was, I wasn't choosing myself. I wasn't honest. I wasn't setting my standards of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. I didn't even know until I had, a few years ago, I had a dark night of the soul, which... It, I thought, and again, at every stage of my life, I thought that I know so much. I've read so many books and I'm quite aware until I had a dark night of the soul. And I said to my partner, I'm like, hey, listen, I don't know how we're going to go through that. I just realized that I don't know who I am. I don't, I cannot be with you. We live together. How are we going to navigate through it? And I had to ask my partner, that is so beautiful, and he's more anxious attached, so he wants to be close to me. He loves me. And um, I say, hey, can we live together? But I, I don't want you to check on me. I don't want you to, to ask, hey, are we together or whatever. I want you to give me lots of space so I unpacked what's alive for me. And imagine living together, but because suddenly you've realized, I don't know what I want. Everything that I said, what I expected from a man, was because my mom told me that I should be like that. Because Polish upbringing told me that I should be that kind of woman, yes? And I was always, you know, yeah, that's who I am. That's what I want, yeah? They're not my word. And it's, Stephen, and it's different when we know that on a cognitive level. Oh, I know my patterns. I know that I can learn things from mom and dad. And I know I have stories and narrative that are not mine. But when you really embody that, when you wake up, I'm like, I'm mental. I'm getting mental. I, I don't know who I am. If I don't know who I am, how I will love you. 
I literally was walking out. I'm like, I, I have no idea who I am. I don't know what I like. Will this ever end? Waking up in the middle of the night and feeling the pain of rejections from past relationships in my body. And I'm like, I'm getting mental. I'm getting mental. I'm losing it. I'm like, Aneta, be with yourself. They never reject you. No one ever rejects you. You're rejecting yourself. You've rejected parts of yourself. Bring them back. Welcome them back to yourself. Love of them. And you're just like sitting there in the middle of the night. And I'm like, who am I going to share that with? Will people understand? I'm like, I'm really in the feeling of rejection that I felt from my parents or I felt from my ex-partners. And on the other, on the other side of that, my relationship with my partner got, got even more beautiful because we both grown from, through that, yes? I came back and I was more of me. My heart opened up, like literally my heart chakra opened up. Oh, wow, so many walls. My heart opened up. And he, being, you know, the anxious attachment, he's learned I can be in my masculine, I can nurture myself, and I, can, I have to be there when I have my emotional triggers of, anxious attachment, I was there. So he's grown as well, which is, um, I'm, I'm so grateful and so proud of him yeah. as well. It's interesting. So many people are chasing the best version of themselves. They're working hard, they're in their career, they're doing sport, they're working on their health and fitness. But one of the key things that I've learned, and, and you brought that up there as well, is that they're working for the best version of themselves, but they actually don't know who they are. Yeah. And, and if you ask me 100%, do I know who I am now? I know my values and I feel like I'm still learning and unfolding that. It's like, okay, it's, it's a journey, but it's way easier to, to do that now than it was a few years ago when there was so much more that I was unpacking. Now it's just like, oh, wow, it's a beautiful learning. I didn't know that about myself. Annetta, tell me how important was the move from Poland to Australia? It was life-saving. It's, um, yeah, it, I remember when I was so young, poor, like Stephen, we didn't have anything. I had to, uh, I had to work on the weekends to pay for my studies and I never had a nice clothing. My mom will go to second shop clothing. Yeah. Second, second hand shop. Thank you. Second hand shop. And she will, she will buy big items. So big skirts or big dresses. And then she will sew tiny skirts or she will make pants from that material so I can wear. Yes. Hey, and saying that, my mom was a, was a good sewer. You know, that's how you say it in English, in English. And she did a great job, but that's what we were doing. Yes. So I knew that I didn't want to be put in a box in Poland saying I was like, age 20, you have to get married. You have to settle down. You have, you have to buy a house and just you know, do all of that. I, I really didn't want that. I wanted to be alive. I think I remember I, I liked poetry when I was younger as well. I read this beautiful poem, living and being alive is two different things. And I wanted to be alive. And my favorite book at that time was Alchemist, Paul Coel. Have you read it? I have actually got it sitting on my bedside table. I haven't started reading it yet. However, my- You must! My brother, he said to me, if there's one 
one book in his life or in your life that you could read and you could only read one book? He said The Alchemist is just top of the list. I, I don't know what's about that book. And every time, so I read it a few times and I read it in Polish, I read it in English. And every time at the different stage of my life where I was, yes, every time when I read it, it just landed differently. Yeah. So you must read it. We, we have to have a chat on about it. Okay. It's, I'm about to start a new book. So that's what I'm going to do. Amazing. So tell me about you arrive in Melbourne, Australia. Yes. What was the culture shock? The biggest shock was it was cold. Like, what are you talking about? It's cold. I'm in Australia. I was freezing. I was young and I didn't drink. So I was 27 and because drinking costs money and all the money that I was earning, I was saving the money for or study or to travel to come to Australia. Drinking was one shock. And, and then another thing that was unusual for me from Poland when in Poland, 20 years ago, you just had Polish people. That's it. Polish people. And here when I came to Australia, there were so many different people, so many different cultures, so many different foods, so many different conversations. And I'm like, and I was like, sponge. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. That's amazing. I want to learn about this. I'm like, oh, it was amazing for me. Yes. So that was the biggest thing. Yeah. So you went from Melbourne. What was your first job? Oh, gosh. In Melbourne, I wasn't working in Sydney. I was working. So I was working in uh, bars and restaurants, waitressing, and then running them. Yeah. So managing them. Wow. What's your reflections on the difference from going from Melbourne to Sydney? Melbourne was cold. Sydney was warm. (laughs) Melbourne feels more European still. Yeah. Yeah. Even with architecture, it's more European. And Sydney, it's just it's multinational, I would say. There's everything there. It was beautiful. Like I really, I was so in awe of Sydney. I, I loved it. Yeah. Obviously, you're a holistic transformation coach yes. on the Gold Coast. Probably, I would say, working for the best on the Gold Coast. Now, tell me, what do you love about doing that? Oh, gosh. Listen, I'm, Stephen, I'm so lucky. Yeah, for the last five years, I've been able to work for Colossi Real Estate, Prestige Real Estate on the Gold Coast. And I work there three days a week. And my job is to look after people in the team. And so I, once a month, they have a session with me. And in that session, we talk about anything from setting goals to, hey, how are you doing in your life to supporting them in mental health or physical health or how they communicate or teaching them how to be more present and more aware to what's going on. Because, you know, we want to make sure that the team is looked after so they can perform at the best level. And it's not only in the business, but as well to be the best humans as they can be. So five years ago, Michael offered me that role and I was like, oh my God, this is just, this is just amazing. And every time we hire somebody new, they're like, wow, having somebody in house that we can talk to, we can express how we feel, or even we can grow and learn how to regulate our nervous system. You know, they can come and sit down with me. We can do breath work. We can do tapping. We can do meditation, or we can have a deep conversation about, hey, I just been, I have been triggered by something. And I'm like, hey, can we reflect 
what's about you is still not resolved, that that was triggering you. Or the basics, hey, what's your goals? Are you being accountable? What are you not doing? What are you focusing or not? So it's this, as you said, it just... I think a lot more organizations, I always talk about having a coach, you know, like a lot of people have external coaches. Koloshi and Michael has chosen to have an in-house coach three days a week. And I think so many more businesses and organizations need that, not just from a performance perspective, but as you say, a mental health perspective, a personal perspective, Mm -hmm. because a lot of businesses are just running on numbers, you know, how many sales have you got? How many appraisals are you doing? And it's a machine that's just running, but you're kind of every week servicing the machine. And Michael is that kind of human that if something is going, someone is not well in the family of our team member, he'll just say, hey, Anetta, can you reach out to that family member? Can you talk to them? He's like always, it's not only about the team, but as well the family of everyone that, that we connect with as well. So he always, always supports everyone. He supports so many charities as well. As a Colossian, we support so many charities. We always try to help as many people in our community, which is, I think, which is beautiful. Well, from the outside looking in, I look at the, the culture that is shown, the parties, big parties. You have some massive parties. Balance. It has to be balance. What do you think? <laughs> Work hard, play hard. Yeah, you know, it's healthy. Apparently, it's healthy. <laughs> So what are some of the things, not just from Koloshi, but working in that transformation perspective in different roles, what have you found are some of the key things that unlock the potential in people? Hmm. Knowing who they are. So again, being self-aware of what is going on and how, how they're showing up for themselves. So on the mental level, so I always, again, that's why I'm a holistic coach, because I like to look at all the levels. So understand on the mental level, what are the programs that I'm running? Yes. What are my belief systems around my career? What's possible for me? Do I believe in my self-worth? What is the narrative that I have for every day? And then we're going, are you problem focused or solution focused? How loud is the inner critic? Or maybe you're so in tune that you have the cheerleader, yes, that you have supporting voice. So knowing what's going on on the mental level, step one, yes? Then understanding what are the emotions that are running you. When you wake up, do you have that space for gratitude, appreciation for you being awake, healthy, serving somebody in your role, yes? Grateful for your family, grateful for being here right now on this planet Earth. Anything, small things. So what are the emotions that are running you? Then we go, of course, to the body. Because if you're not looking after your body, your thinking will be off. And your emotional self will be off as well. So are you exercising? At Koloshi, I would say that 95% of team, if, if I would say not 100%, are moving their body. You know, they have ice bath, they do breath work, they go to sauna, they meet up together to, to do F45. During the lunch break, I'm on my lunch breaks, I go to do Pilates with some of the team members or other team members go for, for walks, yes, just during the lunch break. Because we know that if your physical body, this, this, this vehicle, this meat costume that you have that is allowing you to propel you forward, to move you forward, if this is not operating well, if your gut is not well, your thinking will not be clear. You'll be too tired. You'll be, you will have foggy, foggy way of thinking. You will get yourself into worries and loops and of procrastination because it starts from the body, yes? And you don't get too many better environments than the Gold Coast to facilitate that kind of lifestyle, hey? Yep. 
Well, you're my neighbor now. Yes, I know. I know. Looking forward to uh, more beach walks down at Casarina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward to it too. Yeah, that's exactly right. So if anyone's listening, they want to unlock their potential. What are some key questions? You've touched on on the key areas, but what are some key questions that you can kind of summarize there that, that they need to ask themselves today? What do you want in life? Because your potential already, like you said, it's already here because you want that something. So what do you want? And then ask yourself, how are you holding yourself back? Yes, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. What is that your way of thinking it? Is that your way of what beliefs you have or is that your way that you're looking after your body? So I always go to all of that, yeah? So that doesn't change with any question because if you're not unlocking your potential, there are roadblocks. And the roadblocks will be, you know, as I said, mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual. Focusing on what you want, pinpointing what you want, yes? And allowing yourself to let go of those roadblocks and step in physically in that desired identity and allowing yourself to let go of current identity. So there is the current identity that you have for yourself. Yeah. Then there is your goal, the goal identity. You have that goal identity. And there are the roadblocks. Remove the roadblocks. Who can remove the roadblocks? Only you can do it. Who is holding you back? You holding you back. Who is not doing work? You're not doing the work. It's not the environment that will come and give you permission. It's not the others that will say, hey, amazing, Stephen. I'm like, so believe in you. No, it's like you believe in yourself. You give yourself permission. You go forward. You expand your comfort zone. You expand your nervous system. That's because we can only stretch out as much as our nervous system allows us. So by doing simple things, breath work, somatic experiencing, ice bath, ice showers, and meditation, you're coming down the nervous system that you can start doing more brave actions, yes? And you can challenge yourself and you can, again, am I living my life from a love perspective? That's what's mine is mine. And if I desire that, it's already mine. Where? Why? Because it lives inside me. You desire different things than me, yeah? But I desire that lives inside me. I would not want to do it if I wouldn't be alive. So it's mine. And what I have mind, what I have to do is like push through my mind obstacles, take full responsibility and live life from love and abundance way of seeing things. And not in a flav, oh my God, flav, love and abundance. It's more like it's mine. It, it is mine. Yes. No one else's. You have your different goals. Somebody has different goals. That goal is mine. I'm giving myself permission to really go for it. There's abundance of thinking. But what quite often we do, we go fear, lack, and scarcity. That's not enough. That person is competing against me. Now, you might do the same job, but you're not competing against each other. You're competing against yourself and your inner world. When we, if we understand that, it will be much more easy because then we'll be supporting each other, knowing that the client that is choosing you in real estate or anything else, they choose you. Because of the products, the skills, and the personality and energy that emanates with you. We create relationships based on personality and energy, connection, yes? Yeah, you might have a great skills, but if I don't like you, don't, you don't like your energy because you're, you're in soul scarcity mentality, you just want to make money from me and I can smell it. I don't want to do it. It's not attractive. 
So the same with relationships, the same with, with health. If I'm in the fear, worry, and lack mindset, there's never enough, not enough time, not enough money, not enough clients. It's yucky. It creates nervous system shutdown, yeah? Freeze, fight, fine. So that's why I always ask myself, okay, am I being expanded? Yeah. Am I just choosing that this is mine? Because when I expand myself and operate from heart space, I'm like, I will go for it. And I'm scared because it's new and it's amazing because if it wasn't scary, what's the point to go there? It has to be scary. And then I regulate my nervous system and I observe my mental game, my emotional game, and I sift through everything that is being said to myself in my head and how I'm blocking myself. And then, this is very important, and then I don't give a F about others. I care for others. I wish them all the best. And I support others. But I do not care if they agree with my view of the reality for myself. If I have a goal, it's not their job to, to believe in my goal. It's not their job to support my vision, my goals. It's not even their job, bless them to understand where I'm going, coming from. It's my job to say, okay, inside me, there is this dream vision. I see myself being this amazing human being. I want to achieve that. And I think the key thing is, is you've said there, the path for those that are going to walk that path and, and kind of start on that journey, it's not going to be easy. It is going to be scary. It's going to be very isolating. They've got to look at themselves in the mirror. They've got to kind of peel, as I say, the, the layers of the onion back and unlock everything that they've been hiding away and packing down very deep, whether it's in their brain, in their soul, in their heart. There's going to be tears. There's, there's, going, to be, there's going to be some really tough conversations that you've got to have with yourself. Mm-hmm. 100%. But I always look at, there's a lovely quote that says, difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. Yeah. And Stephen, what is the purpose of this human experience? What is it to be safe and cozy or to live? And to live, we have to do scary things that will allow us to stretch out. Yeah? Yep. We see so many people right now just living day to day and stop dreaming and stop feeling and and stop even believing that something more is possible. Yeah. Recently doing my mental health first aid and learning more around mental health, obviously going through the journey that I've been on. I was thinking this week in a training course, we were talking about exposure therapy and talking about what we're doing here. It's exposing yourself Mm -hmm. to things that make you feel uncomfortable, that expand you, that may scare you, but a lot of the time, things that scare you or you're fearful of, once you do them, guess what? You're not scared of them anymore. Yeah. You're not fearful of it. It actually unlocks this power. It actually empowers you to be better, to go, well, if I can do that, what can't I do? Yeah. Liberates you, gives you that freedom. Yeah. And guess what happens when we do that? We give permission to somebody around us to do the same thing. So imagine this effect that, you know, like you've done something amazing and you, you empower another person to believe in themselves as well. And then we become a best version of ourselves. Then somebody in your family decides to step up and I'm like, okay, I want to step into my best version of myself as well. And we have this follow-up on effect. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Annette, I wanted to ask you on this topic and around human potential and, and how we're unlocking this sometimes difficult roads, but how much does past trauma hold us back? So this is very interesting. And people, especially in the corporate world, world um, they don't believe when I say it. Our childhood and our family dynamics, family systems, they quite often impact how we show up in our roles. So through having so many conversations with my clients and when there are moments when there are difficult conversations between team members, it all comes back to how was the family dynamic when I was a child? Did I have a voice? Do I know how to communicate in a triggered environment? Do I know how to self-regulate? Or when there is a feedback, do I know how to receive feedback? And all of that, yes, boundaries, uh, regulating your emotions, receiving feedback, all of that we've learned when we were children, yes, from our family dynamics. And then we bring that to school and then we bring that to our work environment without even thinking. So knowing and being aware of your family dynamic knowing how you personally react when somebody in leadership, yes, which would be when your child, mom or dad, or somebody who was older than you was telling you something to do. So now you have your employee telling you to do something in a position of authority, and you feel like a little child, that you're being spoken by your, by your mom or father, and you feel like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I'm an adult, and I'm feeling like that. Quite often, that's what I hear. When people in leadership give us feedback or tell us something that it's not really so pleasant to receive, we feel it like kids, school by parents. And then we also bring that into our relationships. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I love faces of my clients when they talk to me about dynamics in their relationship. And then I go, tell me about dynamic that was there between your mom or dad. Tell me what they taught you about love respect, communication, boundaries. Tell me what was the narrative of your dad around females, how it is to be loved, how men should be, and what is the role of the woman at home? How, how helpful was your dad and involved in everything at home? And where was, where was he up? And the same, what was the mom's narrative about how men are or who you're supposed to be as a woman, what men should do for you when you're, when you're a woman? Or was your mom emotionally present or she was so busy working? And again, it's not to blame. We're just getting information to data that will allow us to understand how we operate more. Because if I know the environment that I grew up in, I can understand that there will be things that I've learned from my mom, from my dad, or from other people around me when I was growing up. And that will transfer itself to relationship with your partner. And I think that it's quite unfair when then we, with blindfolds on our eyes, just say, okay, relationship, it is what it is. No, relationships are hard work. Both people, they need to commit to doing the work and they have to make a decision. I'm an individual human being, he's an individual human being, but together we are creating beautiful container and we have to find goals for this container. So we have, with Jed, we have a family meetings, board meetings, right? Do I want to have shares in this? How do we feel in this? It's not, you're supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do this, or vice versa, I have expectation on you. 
how do I choose to behave and honor my best friend in this container? How can I be here for my best friend? You know, what he needs. And the same way, how he can be there for me so I can become the person that, let's be honest, I didn't have a chance to be when I was a child. I maybe didn't have that loving Disney fairy tale. And again, I'm not saying that that's healthy, but that family that I want to be safe. I want to have a voice. I want a softness and beautiful space when we see each other. Didn't have that. But there's my responsibility as an adult right now to consciously create that. And the only way to consciously create that is when we bring our considerations, our issues to the family board meeting and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going on for me. What, what can we do about it? And we have back and forth conversations, how that looks, what's needed, what one person needs, what the other person, what's fair, what's not fair, would we say yes or no? And we have moments of this, but I love our moments of this because every time we have moments of like, then from that, the commitment to this is so big that, hey, I'm sorry, how can we make this better? Because it's not feeling right. What What we are not seeing here what we're missing here because we're not energetically connected. And having those positions of that, there'd be breakthroughs through that. And, and the key thing is, is that you're having, both of you are having those communications. Mm-hmm. You're having those conversations. I don't think that happens a lot in relationships. It didn't happen in my past relationships, yes. In my past relationship, I probably was, I would be labeled difficult. Yeah, I, I just, let's talk about it. Tell me how you feel. No, but I really want to know. You're not being honest. Like, can you tell me what's going on? But where is that coming from? Like this annoying. Da, 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 da. That was annoying for them. For my current partner is like, and at the beginning, at the beginning, it was literally like this. I'm like, this is not the relationship I'm going to be in. We are communicating. This is my standard for where I want to be. I'm not compromising anymore. We are sitting down and we're communicating like it or not. And that was new for Jed at the beginning, but now we both do that to each other, not with that tonality, more like, hey, can we chat because something doesn't feel right. It's interesting going into relationships because a lot of the time there's attraction, there's all the the happy hormones, the the happy chemicals, the the sexual attraction, and, and it's the fun and the honeymoon phase. And then sometimes through that, then it's children and and all these things and then you get to a point where in those early days you actually don't know the person it's over time but most people over time actually lose you don't keep in that honeymoon phase right you're not in that love and lust and in a kind of bubble i suppose it life isn't that way well it's been five years since i've been with jet and um I think we're more close now than we were at the beginning. But again, this I go to work and Jed asks, what do you need today from me? How can I help you? How can I support you? So, uh, you know, and he doesn't say, this is a woman, you are a woman, that's your responsibility. Or I am a man, that's my responsibility. We're more like, what do you need? What's going on? What's alive this week for you? How can I support you? What can we do to celebrate us? And at the beginning when I... When I start seeing it, I, it wasn't that, oh my God, you know, head over heels. He was safe. He was loving and he was caring and he listened to what I say without interrupting me and telling me that I should be put in the, oh, whatever, what do you know? You 
just, you know, you think that you've read a few books and you understand things. So that wasn't feeling safe to me because I had those dismissive, avoidant partner that didn't want to go deep. Yeah? They were not really willing to have a relationship where they honoring fem- female and when they are ready for the female energy to honor them. And Jet, you knew Jet in Sydney. Yeah, many years ago when he was crazy, Dan. <laughs> no, that I would say that. And he has gone, obviously, I've known, I've had Jet on the podcast and we've spoken about it. I know his journey, but between Sydney and the work that he's done through real estate, through his coaching, through his you leadership now, I suppose when you met five years ago, he would have been a different person. Different person, 100% different person. We, I think we both were at this stage of our life that we didn't want to compromise and that was good, yes. We both had a clean way of living and yeah, that was very beneficial for both of us. Yeah. I think what you just spoke about and the conversation we're having around relationships and, and some of the conversations and I, I love the meetings that you have with Jet and talking about that because I think that's such an important point. So I think if there's people that are that are maybe struggling in their relationship or they're they're actually looking I think there's a lot of people that sit in relationships and over time they have kids, they kind of look at each other and kind of go, who are you? Because they get caught up so much in life, work, success, and they're basically just going along on this journey, but they're actually not stepping up and stepping in for each other. Do you know what that, why that is? Why? Because we don't, know, we don't know who we are and then we get into a relationship. So then we got into a relationship and we think that that person is making us feel a particular way. So whatever needs I have for connection, love, appreciation, um, I get from that person. So my or attention goes to this person, that person give, supposed to give me everything that I need, fill me up with all those good, yummy feelings. Yes? But then the kids come and, and then we get busy, then there is a career. And then when something goes off, we blame, he's not doing that for me, she's not doing that for me. The truth of it is, I don't know who I am. I'm not doing that for myself. If I was doing that for myself first, I was accepting myself. I was honoring myself. I was communicating my needs clearly with my partner. I was regulating my emotions. I was curious about who I am and really verbalizing that with everyone around me. Then what my partner would be giving me is on top of it, cherry on top of it, not everything that I need. And then we get to the age when Maybe kids are older and you find yourself two people that they in this living on automatic habitual, automatic habitual way. This is how we are. And they don't even know where to start to changing because that could be too much. You know, I'm 50, 40 years old and now you want me to look back. I don't want to do it. I'm used to this system, family structure that I am. I don't want to shake that. Although I'm not fully happy, I know she's not fully happy. But listen, What's the point? Well, you know, what's this happiness stuff? Yes. Why to fix it when it's not fully broken? And again, we all have individual lives. We all have different patterns and everyone makes their own decisions. We have no right to judge or say that it's right or wrong. It's what they are choosing. Our, our job is just to support them if they want that without, without the judgment. Judgment is so toxic because we don't even know what we judge against. Yeah. We don't know what's best for them. That's exactly right. 
Now, as the founder of Integrated Wellbeing, you've got a lot of modalities and a lot of strategies that you work through within your own business. And when we think about family relationships, potential unlocking all this, what are some of those modalities, some of those strategies and some of those qualifications that you utilize that you've found to, you know, if you want to speak on a few of those, just in regards to how are you unlocking past trauma? How are you unlocking some of these things? How are you healing? How are you getting people to heal heal within themselves, I suppose? Yeah, so I'm not the healer. I'm, I'm the support. I'm, I'm the guide. They're the one that healing because they're the one that are empowered to, to take everything that I'm putting on the table and they can peak and they can transform and choose their transformation so they can feel, again, more empowered. And there's nothing more attractive than taking full responsibility for what I'm doing, not putting that on a, a doctor, healer, coach, whatever it is. It's like it's, it's my responsibility. They might know something more than I do. They will put that information on the table and then I might pick it up. So in my sessions, I like to connect to the mind, to the heart, to the body. The, the first step will be, let me educate you on what can be possible, what possible scenarios, why you are the way you are. So then we go to the family systems, we go to the inner child, to connection with different parts of who you are, understanding your triggers. So you have an understanding because our mind likes to know. But when we understand something and know something that is not enough for us to change, it has to be done again, holistically. Yes. So we have the mental aspects of, of understanding what's going on. Then we're going to connect to the nervous system. And with the nervous system, it can be any of the somatic experiencing, feeling the, the emotions, feeling the sensations, connecting to them and allowing them to be, inviting them, welcoming all the parts of yourself. Yeah? So the judgment, the shame, the anger, the resentment, the people pleasing, we're welcoming all of that into your being and just being with it, allowing it to be in your body, giving it permission that it's, there is nothing bad to ex- by experiencing that. So we, we allow that to, to be in our physical body. And then we get the learnings, the messages from that. So that's more on a somatic experiencing. I do as well energy work, so it's, which is Kundalini body work, body de-armoring, which is more connected with working with a trauma that is in your um, muscles, in your tissue. Um, and through, again, breath work, guided visualizations, making, uh, making sounds, gentle touch, we're allowing the body to release tension, stress, and dysregulation. And at the end, as a part of me as coach as well, so I give the practical tools, okay, what can we do for the future? So I give you tools that you can implement, growth work, podcasts to listen as well. So not enough that we've done the work in the office. You creating that new neural pathways of thinking, feeling, and being when you're not with me, when you're not seeing me. Yeah, wow. So through your, your wellness and well-being journey, who's had the biggest impact on you? There's many people. I think that there's few beautiful women that allowed me to heal my relationship with feminine energy knowing that feminine energy, that women are there for me to support me and I can crumble and, and I can be seen and, and I'm safe with them. So one of, one of very dear friends of mine is Dani. She, she does breath work for Wim Hof. There's another one, Sarah. She's, uh, she's such a beautiful mentor of mine. And 
And then I have lady that I've done lots of somatic work, like Kundalini, Kundalini dancing, which is, she's more on a shamanic way, Patricia. And that was very helpful because through dance and being in my body, I was able to release lots of my suppressed tension. And by releasing that from my body, it allowed me to be more brave in my way of thinking because my way of thinking wasn't as brave because my body was, I'm in survival. I'm judging myself. I remember going for the first time to Kundalini body dance, Kundalini, yeah, Kundalini dance. And I look at everyone in the, in the circle and they're all dancing and just free moving their body. And I'm like, I'm judging them. I'm, I'm like, so, I'm having opinion about them and they're weird. And, and I'm like, oh my God, this is too much. They're weird. I'm like, who can do that? And then I just start from a higher perspective, look at myself, at the judging self. Look at you, so limited in your thinking, so opinionated, lack of freedom, lack of being, giving yourself permission to be you. you. You stand there and you do this. Okay, I'm moving. I don't want anyone to think that I'm like, whatever. Now you will see me. I'm like, yes, baby. You know, barefoot in the forest. I'll be like, it's my own expression of who I am that was never allowed. And again, it's not about what anyone else thinks about me. It's about the freedom that I can give myself. And the judgment comes from judgmental mom. And then I was judging myself. Therefore, I was judging others. The more I start loving on the weird stuff that is inside me, the more I look at people, I'm like, that's beautiful. Oh, you're gorgeous. More of that, please. Yes? Yep. That's why with everything I go, what do you do inside you? Because if you're doing that to yourself, you're giving that to others. So, so there would, there, there would be, there are my, the, the women, you know, I remember after one session of another session as well that I was doing womb healing and maybe too much sharing, but I, womb healing and yoni steaming with herbs, which just so, sounds so crazy. And I'm like, this is weird, but I'm going to do it. And I remember a lady came up to me and she hugged me. Like she really embraced me that just like, hey, you, you, you're safe. I see you, you're a little girl. Like, and I just fall apart. I'm like, I've, I don't think I've ever been, like I had to grieve not having nurturing mom, like not, not having mom that would look at me like, oh my God, you're so, you're such a beautiful little girl. How can I just make you all beautiful? And those moments, the somatic moments, they were the moments when, when I transform. The knowledge is amazing, but I can get knowledge quickly. I can learn. I'm like, yep, got the concept. I understand fast next. But in the body, they give me space and they accepted me. And, and the big healing was as well with, with my partner, the safety to be me. He never, I can say, babe, I'm going to the forest for four days. No food, nothing. I'm got. I'm going to do crazy stuff. I'm like, yeah, no problem. No problem. Are you safe? Do you need anything from me? How can I support you? I'm like, babe, I'm doing this course about this and that. Not a problem. So he, he would, when in the past, when I said, babe, I'm doing energy work. I feel you, your chakra is off balance. Yes. What's going on there with your, with your solar plexus or whatever. Just never rolls his eyes. I'm like, oh, you're crazy. That would be, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. And it's not necessarily that he agrees with everything that I'm saying, but he's creating space for me that I'm safe to be me. And that's healing. 
this is what I love doing for my clients. If I could say anything that like my, my mission, my priority is when you come and spend time with me, I want you to feel that you're so safe. Not the stuff that you tell everyone, the mask you put, you know, to, to show up in society. So people think a particular way about you. I'm like, no, no, no. Fully show up. Show me you're weird. Show me that the things that you suppress. I want you to feel and to know that there is no judgment, that there is this beautiful safe space when you can fully aware and when you can fully show up for yourself. And, and that's healing again for the person experiencing that. Imagine a world where we were all encouragers of each other. Ah, and then understanding that, Stephen, I might adore you. I don't have to follow the way that you think or, or follow your opinion. Mm. You might have your opinions. I still like the human as long as the values about not being cruel and not being rude to anyone that aligns with me. But I don't have to agree with your political opinion or I don't have to agree with some other choices that you have. We don't understand that. We're, okay, if you think like me or you are like me with stuff, then we can be friends. No, no, I fully don't, don't agree with that. Allow yourself to be open enough that when people are a little bit different, can you hold in your heart space for them? And can that be okay? And in the world that we're living in at the moment, in these turbulent times, it's uh, just imagine if we could just be there for each other, know our differences and... Mm, yeah, 100%. I had a client today at the morning from States and she was sharing a beautiful story how she's struggling because she's Jew and with everything and she's not part of that because she's in state, but it's how heavy its way is in on, on her and she's struggling. So yeah, so right now it's just trying to be nice humans. Yeah, it's the hardest thing is is that media and social media, everyone is there's an agenda with the recent referendum in Australia. In the time following the media is still going on about it. It's, it's still dividing Australians, you know. Everyone that lives here is an Australian. Like we are all Australians and it's about having that love and respect for each other, that understanding, that compassion, knowing that we all have different pasts and different histories. But at the end of the day, when you think of Australia, I think of we are so multicultural and it's actually one of the things that should make us even stronger not be a point of us being divided. There's power in us actually just going, how good is this? Let's, let's learn from other, let's learn on your history. You can learn from my history. Let's learn from all the different cultures, all the beliefs. You know, for me, I'm not religious. I think, you know, there's a source, but I love unpacking and having conversations and connection with people that have different points of view because I may not agree with them, but I learn from them. And have you, have you, like, I like what I like to sometimes do. I like lots of, watching lots of um, YouTube videos. And sometimes I get myself in the rabbit hole following philosophical thought. And you go and you're like, when you look at different perspectives, the both, both sides have a valid point. This can be true and that can be true. You know what I mean? Yep. We don't, I, quite often I say, I don't know enough to sometimes have a full yes or no. You know what I mean? Yep. And 
that's a that's an ego thing as well. A lot of people think, "Oh, well, I, I'm the expert. I know everything." We we know very little in the scheme of things. We've uh, we know very little. And if you've ever listened to someone that's gone up in a space shuttle or on the International Space Station, and you hear them say, you get a really good perspective of actually how small you are on Earth in the scheme of things. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Now, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you, Anetta, with your wellness and well-being, what are some of the daily and weekly habits that you put in for your health and your fitness and your, and your well-being? Mm. So, of course, that has changed a lot since I was bodybuilding and just most of my work was done in the gym and just lifting weights and lifting heavy. Now I'm more intuitive with everything that I do. So I'm intuitive with my, the way I eat. I'm intuitive with the way I move my body. I go, still go to the gym. I do these three workouts in the gym. We go for walks in the morning with, with our dog at least two, two times a week. I do Pilates and hot yoga. So that would be for the just movement of the body, which is very important. We have sauna at home. I do not like ice baths, sometimes very rarely. Come on, Aneta. I know, I know. And just it's the same thing. I'm like, mm, soon, soon. I'm like, oh, I think my nervous system is not ready for it. But I know you're doing well. Yeah, I, I love the cold punch. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. So I don't know. I sometimes sit on a fence. I don't know how it will be. Okay, will that be good for my adrenaline fatigue or that will that would be worse. So I'm not sure. Yes. I find it how I feel after a cold plunge and I did it yesterday. I just feel so alive and I think it does help me. And I think it really comes back to breath. So a lot of people I see, they jump into the cold plunge and they're like, ah, 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 and they're out after 10 See, seconds. Right? <laughs> but the interesting thing is, is, and from your work with breath work is I always say to people, breathe in, but breathe more out, more breaths out. And really just get in. I know a guy, he does a lot of time in the cold plunge and he says he just does a, a level of box breathing and it just helps him. Oh, yes, he did. Just get through. He holds his breath. He breaths in, breaths out. And that's what works for him. Most people get in, they focus on the cold water, they look at the clock. And I say, don't look at the clock. Don't look at the cold water. Focus on something else. And put, take your mind to a place that is, that's not cold water, that's not a clock, and, and just, just breathe. Just breathe and be with it. Because when people jump in cold water, they think it's going to hurt them, right? And they go, oh, the body goes, oh, oh you got to get out. Well, it's not hot water, right? Like it's, it's cold water. And you can actually, I find, mentally get stronger through um, mastering the cold plunge or the ice baths. And I've done some Wim Hof. I did a Wim Hof retreat weekend and having ice poured on you in cold water. Yes. And just breathing through it and just being at one with the water, being at one with the ice and just focusing on how you can actually move. Mentally, you can move. Like if your feet are cold, you can actually mentally move warmth to your feet. You can move things around your body and it's quite a powerful thing. Amazing. Well, well done, Stephen. So I'm going to have to come down and do a cold plunge with you and Jet. Are you getting one of those portable ice baths? Yeah, I might have to get one for down the coast actually. Well, if you would get one, I will come. <laughs> okay, sounds good. That's a, that's a good incentive. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Benetta, when you think of success, how has it changed through your life to today? It has changed so much, yes. When I was when I was younger, I was so so materialistic and so ambitious and and really not thoughtful. My success wasn't coming from a heart. Right now for me success is to having healthy body, being in a beautiful, nurturing relationship, and at the same time creating reality that I desire and I'm still challenging myself what can I do more because I want to see what this human being that I am what I can create and what is my potential so it's not that success is mean means not only relationship love and and being healthy and that's all what it is it's not my success is I said Anera this this human being this avatar that I'm here how can I fully potentialize? What else can I create? What else can I learn? What is my impact? Who can I positively impact? Yes, I like every day I'm like, okay, what can I do to serve, maybe to change somebody's perception on something, maybe impact one person? That's my success. It's just always growing and always challenging myself. I don't want to never get to the point I'm like, okay, I'm happy where I am. No, no there's always another book coming. There's arriving, not me producing, but you know, there's another course that I wanna that I wanna study. There's somebody else that I've met. I'm like, oh my God, I wanna learn from them. So becoming the best version of the human that I'm meant to be here, that is continually unfolding, that's my success. Another question I ask in every episode is throughout your life, who's been your greatest teacher? My pain. Ooh, that's tricky. Oh, that's really, really tricky. I think pain, I, I think there's so many situations that I was so much in pain. Relationships uh, with my family, with my, with my, with my mom. So it's not, there's not a one person, yes, there's, there's, there's many people. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, it's, it's tricky to respond to that. I think that... I've learned so much from the moments where I abandoned myself without not having boundaries and where my need of belonging, being liked and wanting to be safe with other people. For need of that, I abandoned myself. They were my biggest teachers, yes, in, with girlfriends that weren't too kind with many situations. I don't have a one person, sorry. No, and I love that response that it's actually, and I love how you've change that to what has been your greatest teacher not m- more who but what and that pain and that reflection is uh, that's that's beautiful oh thank you thank you now one last question knowing what you know now and what you've experienced through your life what would you say to a a teenage or a younger anetta <sighs> be brave have more fun connect to your inner child. So don't take life too serious. Be brave to live and just explore different things and explore what you can create on all the different levels of your life. You know what I mean? As, as you, who you are, but as well in the business, in relationships, in traveling, just go for it and have a good, 
relationship with yourself where you you're reparenting that wounded inner girl so you don't we res- don't looking for resources to other people but you are the resource to give her safety and stability and belonging so then she can go yeah girl i got it next i got it next what can what else can i experience in this human lifetime that i have here what else can i just put myself forward for yeah that's awesome now, Annette, you obviously have your own business in Integrated Wellbeing. You share some great videos on Instagram and on, on social media. What are the best ways, if you can share, how people connect with you, how people keep in touch with you? Uh, you know what? I probably would give you my email address into info at intwellbeing.com. I'll probably give it to you so you can put a link underneath. And as well, my Instagram, Integrated Wellbeing, and my Facebook, Integrated Wellbeing as well. Excellent. Now, during this discussion, you were talking about positively impacting people. I can guarantee you, you've positively impacted me. And I know that those that have listened to this conversation and listened to this episode have been positively impacted. You've given them great strategies, insights into themselves, finding out who they are, helping them with their relationships, helping them with their their physical fitness, their mental fitness, the mind, body, soul, their chakras, and really that holistic view of themselves. So I want to just thank you. It's been an honor and a privilege to interview you. You're an absolutely beautiful human being. You're a beautiful friend and yeah, just very grateful for this conversation. And, and I want to say thank you very much for having this platform and doing this amazing work that you do with everything. Like Stephen, I I know you, we have conversation and and what I really love about you is that it comes from such a beautiful place. Like it comes from your personal experiences and it comes from your heart and it comes from that want to be there for others, want to help others, want to to support them on on their journey. And and you know what? It's I think that it's so special. So thank you for creating this space. No, that's right. Well, as I say, when we share, we empower not just ourselves, but each other and sharing the stories, sharing the concepts and ideas such as as you've shared today, insights, stories, love, letting more people know about some amazing things, some amazing stories, some amazing people, and also lifting other people up and sharing what they're doing in the world. Because if we can all continue to share, because one person will listen to this and one person will tell someone else and someone else will tell someone else and someone else will tell someone else. If one person today got one thing out of this episode, I'm happy. That's that's it. It, As you say, every day is just one person. One person, that's enough. One safe life, one change or uh, change perspective. One person that they're perceptions open up that the blinkers fall off. Yep. One person is enough because that person just ripples out to more people. It'd be a different world if 7 billion people were focused on just impacting one person today. Mm, I love that. Put that on your threads. <laughs> <laughs> it, would be, it would be absolutely beautiful. We would live in a different world. But in saying that, things you know, like the platform and what I'm doing, what you're doing, what a lot of my guests are doing, some of my future guests are doing that I'm going to be having on, they're all doing things. And over time, I'm optimistic that we're just going to create more and more of unlocking our potential 
and really having more love, compassion, understanding that we can learn more about each other and unlock the power and empower all of us, whoever we are, whatever country we're in, whatever language we speak, whatever belief we have, that we can actually kind of just together go, how do we just rock this world? Mm. Well, look at the level of conversations that we're having right now. We didn't have those kind of conversations 30, 40 years ago. So the consciousness of humanity, the consciousness of the whole planet is changing. We're going a little bit deeper. So fingers crossed. You know, we all will step up just a little bit every day, open up those gorgeous hearts that we have and support another human being in, in living from the heart and just being kinder, compassion to ourselves and to others. Yep. Well, I appreciate your time, Anetta. I'll let you go and enjoy your day. And thank you. I will see you and Jet for an ice bath very, very soon. Okay, I'm holding it to you. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. It's been great to have you along for the ride. Remember to hit subscribe and share this episode with a friend. Maybe just one person you think could benefit from what was just shared. Also, if you haven't connected with me yet, you can find me on Instagram at the Steve Hodgson and also share underscore underscore podcast. I'll catch you on the next episode.